Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Welcome you into NASCAR America. Carolyn Mano, Parker Klugerman, and Landon Castle with you. I just want to watch a full hour of that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we love starting the show that way. Fans continuing to reveal how they celebrated Chase Elliott's win. I know you guys get so excited just watching those. I know. It's it's fun to watch, but I kind of get emotional watching it. Those <laughs> those fans pour their heart and soul into Chase Elliott. That, they've been waiting for years to see that. And the, cool, and the other cool part is seeing like, the ones that have die cast in such setup yes. and all the memorabilia around. Like, yep. you're like Those are major super fans. And I love the one guy who looked like he had an air mattress in his dorm room or something yeah. so he was watching cool. from college hashtag dorm room victory uh, yeah. borders in, yeah. in my bedroom when I was a kid oh, okay there you go yeah win for college kids and young fans all around um, but he did have to execute all race long that's the thing that we're kind of taking away on today's show it was not just in the final laps either let's go back to when Chase Elliott took the lead at lap 27 from none other than Kyle Busch just run your race let him push himself till he makes a mistake there's nothing else coming by three Get all your switches where you need. He pressed Danny for four or five laps, and he kind of drug off of him a little bit before. Just the nine, right on by himself. Looking right, right side by himself. Slide in here, all good, all clear. Set your pace, keep running our race here. Nothing else coming out back. 12 to Danny and Jones. Parker, what does this sound tell you? Well, it's a couple things. So in that position where you're being run down, as you and I know, your team is going to try and make it sound not so bad, right? Yeah, so, yeah, hey, exactly. man, you know, first of all, he was barely able to get by Don't the 11. Don't yes. worry about He's it. Overdriving it. it. He's it, not actually faster than no you. No way He's faster. just going faster exactly. than you. Because they're trying to lessen <laughs> the idea that you are getting beat, right? And they don't want you to blow up or, you know, at times as a driver, you get frustrated and then you go slower. So what even they're telling the Kyle. Veteran, even with the veteran like Kyle yeah, Busch, they'll reinforce oh, that yeah. message. I see a little bit of a standard um, drive 
that building up your driver, so don't yep. worry about it. Right. But the other thing, though, was um, he's going to make a mistake. Yes. Uh, he hasn't made a mistake. He's going to make a mistake. Uh, is, did they underestimate Chase Elliott a little I bit? I think they did because, I mean, look at it. He didn't. He put the pressure on and eventually he makes the pass. And, I mean, this is textbook at Watkins Glen, putting the pressure on someone. You do that by being right on the rear bumper, making them nervous as you see Chase doing a Kyle Busch here because then it just forces Kyle to maybe want to drive a little harder in the braking zone, trying to roll a little bit more speed corner by corner, and that's when he pounces going off in the final corner here. Kyle kind of overdrives turn six, and that leaves the door open into Using turn seven curve. to make the pass. So yeah. that's, that's what you're doing. He was intimidating a little bit, and I think the team is just telling Kyle, hey, relax. No, this, this is Chase Elliott. He'll make a mistake. Yeah, he did. I know yeah. that you guys were both behind the wheel driving your own cars, but for a fan watching at home, is that the first indication of, oh, wow, Chase Elliott might be able to really do something? Here he is successfully racing against one of the titans in the sport right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, that that early in the race, and Kyle Busch, who has probably been the most dominant driver at Watkins Glen with Martin Truex Jr. over the last couple of years, uh, that, that's your first sign, absolutely. And that, that's why I like seeing that, because we've talked about Chase out-dueling Martin Truex Jr. at the end of the race, but we didn't get to see, you know, he really went door-to-door -door with one of the best. No, he did, and, and you heard Kyle after the race say he felt like he was the fastest car. Well, mm -hmm. there was a point in the race he wasn't. He got passed by the nine, right? Yeah. So I think the nine really showed that that's the speed, the strength they had in that race car, and the way he did that pass. I mean, that as execution. I went back to, the yes. execution of it and just really putting the pressure on. It wasn't like Kyle made a large mistake. He was ready to pounce at any point there, and that's when you really see the mark of a car because if you're able to be faster than the leader, in his dirty air, even at a road course where you're getting the hot air and your brakes are heating up more and that sort of thing, that just proves to me that that car is markedly faster than the leader. At the it time. is mental on Kyle Busch to look in his mirror into every braking zone and see that big car in yep. filling out your entire rearview mirror. That's he's a tough guy for sure, but that definitely will get in your head lap after. For sure. that. Uh, we're going to put you in the simulator a little later on we the are. show too, yep. right? To go over really what could have been the moment of the race at the end, a little bit of wheel hop from Chase Elliott. You're going to take us through it. We are going to do that, and it's going to we're going to kind of explain the different ways that you could avoid that and some of the things that you know we, we heard him say the way he did but there's other ways we can do that and maybe one way or two that don't go that well techniques. So. yeah exactly <laughs> we'll techniques. Show okay. you a few all right we're heading to the classroom with parker um let's listen to chase elliott here's what he said after the race i think today was a little bit of a, a level playing field than what we've had and what you have at the ovals the last couple weeks have been better but i don't think we've had the raw pace that the 18 or the 4 or the 78 have had you know, on a consistent basis. So can we get there? Sure, I think we can. We've come a long ways in a short period of time to go from struggling to run 13th to, you know, winning a couple stages and running inside the top five. So that's really encouraging. Do we have a long ways to go? Yes, I think we do. But today was a great step in the right direction. And there's no reason why we can't get to run in like those guys and, and try to do it more often. All right, so the question now on NASCAR America is what happens next for Chase Elliott? You said it immediately after the race when we talked to you on Victory Lap. The potential for the floodgates to open here could be likely. And when you consider the track that we're heading to now at Michigan, three second-place finishes there and five starts at Michigan. What do you think is possible for Chase Elliott at this track? Well, at this track coming up, it's going to be how can they match up to the Fords? Because earlier this year, we saw the Fords be incredibly fast. But one thing he kind of noted there that I talked about yesterday, and that is the fact that we have seen a little bit of hints out of these Hendrick Motorsports Chevys to being a little bit faster, to bringing better speed. And I, I kind of talked about how at Watkins Glen, even though, 
though you are on a road course, some of the things that make you fast at Watkins Glen aerodynamically can apply to the oval. So when I see that speed out of Hendrick Motorsports and ability to go win like the 9 did, that kind of gives me hope on the technical side. Now, for Chase Elliott as the driver, I think the your confidence, obviously, is he's never going to be higher. And right? going into his best track. And he's going to his best track in a place that he feels like maybe even he has at times been able to take a lesser car and make it run in the top five or make it get to the lead. So I think this just does wonders for him in that category. And a win always does that, Landon, because yes. as a win, as drivers, winning yes. fixes everything. For sure, for sure. He said one thing in that interview um, that stuck, stuck out to me, and that's that we've come a long ways in a short amount of time. And I would think that that's a good thing. That's where the speed came from. He had success at Watkins Glen with it. But he probably is wondering, let's see if it's legit. It's, it, is it going to translate from you know, Pocono to Watkins Glen to Michigan? Is it going to stay up? Or was did we just hit on something for a couple weeks and is it going to go away? Can and, you take any confidence in the fact that he does have three stage wins over the last three weeks and a fifth and a seventh and now a win? And that's exactly that's where I was going to go. That's sign that you have the face. It's, exactly. Sure. And the, the thing that really sticks out to me is I spoke to Chad Knauss, who obviously is the crew chief on the 48 back at New Hampshire, and I asked him, you know, how close are you to the, the big three at the time? And he said, oh, we're a zip code away, mm. but we're competitive and we're getting, we're getting closer. We're seeing the signs. And I think the stage wins you've seen out of the nine car, that's the signs, the little things telling us they're getting there, they're getting better. And so when they go to Michigan, I mean, this will be a huge litmus test for them. Can they bring some of this positivity, this momentum, and this speed to a racetrack that, as we saw this year, was dominated by the Fords. The Fords were markedly faster in the field. You know, it's funny because we um, – how many times have we seen – Jimmy Johnson and Hendrick Motorsports sort of go through mid-season slumps and then peak at the right time. I don't by any means think that Hendrick intentionally or, or, or was holding anything back over the first part of the season, but it's in very typical Hendrick Motorsports fashion that they are peaking at the right time uh, over the next four weeks if we see that they are. We have seen this before, I agree. Yeah, yeah all right, a lot to come on today's show. We're also going to talk about Penske as well in a little bit, and we're going to welcome NASCAR Hall of Fame crew chief and team owner Ray Effernham to the show. He is going to tell us about his new role as host of a show called Glory Road. Chase Elliott takes us through his breakthrough victory in that pressure-packed final lap at Watkins Glen. So more from Chase, and we'll have a preview of this week's edition of the Dale Jr. Download. We also want you to vote in today's NASCAR America poll question. Who will be the next driver to get their first win of the season? You can go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR to pick Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, Denny Hamlin, or somebody else, perhaps Jimmy Johnson, and we will bring you the final results later on the show. So make sure you log on and vote right now, and we'll be back with more right after this. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for 20,000 miles. NASCAR is built on families, but the list of father-son combos to win in the Cup Series is a small one. There are two sets of petties on the list, family patriarch Lee and his son Richard, and then Richard and his son Kyle, of course, who we know well here. And like Lee and Richard Petty, the Jarrett's, Ned and his son Dale won Cup Series titles in their career. And then there are the Earnhardt, seven-time Series champion Dale Sr. and two-time Daytona 500 winner Dale Jr., Buck Baker was one of NASCAR's most dominant drivers in the 1950s. His son, Buddy, made his own winning legacy both on the track and also as a broadcaster. Bobby Allison captured 84 checkered flags in his career. And next year, his son, Davey, will join him in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And now the newest members of that exclusive club, Bill Elliott and his son, Chase, who scored his first cup win Sunday at Watkins Glen. 
How fitting that Bill was a part of Sunday's race. The Hall of Famer spotting from above as his son held off the reigning Cup Series champion. So let's hear from Chase now and also his crew chief, Alan Gustafson, as they take us through the race from their perspective. All this time we've been wondering when would it happen. It's going to happen today at Watkins Glen. The crowd roars. They're going to see for the first time Chase Elliott win in the Munster Energy Cup Series. You know, the road to this point is what makes today special. And when you're in those moments in the past and you have those tough days, you know, all those second place finishes and, and you know, missed opportunities. Chase Elliott, so close to getting that first win. I'm so sorry, guys. So sorry. Jack's coming. I feel your pain, bro. It's just been kind of a hard, long road the past couple years to get to this point, and it's just satisfying. So, gonna enjoy this one and, and uh, you know, be a day I'll never forget. Welcome to upstate New York and one of the most historic tracks in racing, Watkins Glen International. I felt like started the race strong and thought that we could pace the 18, uh, you know, throughout the majority of the run, which I thought was encouraging. Finally got past him. From then on, it seemed like it was us in the 18 up front. Here comes Elliot to the inside. The crowd on their feet. Bam, Chase Elliott, he'll win stage two here at Watkins Glen. All right, green checker right here and save fuel, save fuel. You got it. Chase Elliott has struggled with restarts. He needs to have a great one right now. We both drove in really hard. Um, probably we both drove in too hard, I would say. I was waiting on him to break, and he was waiting on me to break, I think. Chase Elliott gets loose. I feel like I really messed up to, to give him the lead. Elliott slips coming out of one, and here comes Kyle Busch. We were uh, kind of all setting up to make that last pit stop, which was going to run you to the end. Go, 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 go. Woo! That's safe. safe. Man, holy feel. Yeah, sorry about that, Nick. He's laughing. Safe fuel. Okay, we just gave this race away. I want to go ahead and make that clear. We did not get fuel in the car. The fuel probe broke or something. And we'll have to pit here. We'll have to start tailing. They don't get his car full, so. Uh, had some misfortune for him, fortune for me. Got no fuel in the car whatsoever. He's not going to be a factor. This race comes down to these two drivers. Three laps to go. I didn't breathe for the last five laps, probably. You know, for me, the fuel was the big thing. It's like, man, I just knew we were super close. So just trying to do the best I could to manage that. Can he score his first career win? Chase driving the race of his life right now. Came to the white flag and, and felt like I had a had a nice gap to Martin. Final time into turn number one. Felt like just don't mess up, and then I go in the first corner and mess up. And he threw it off the track. He went wide in turn number one. Here he comes. Here he comes. Half back. It's still good. All clear. All clear. Got the car wheel hopping. Completely blew turn one, and, and luckily had a big enough lead to the 78 that he didn't get up next to me, and uh, was able to gap him back. So. Got pretty lucky with that one. He's out of fuel. He's out of fuel. Bring it home. Just bring it home. He got 15 out the back already. I think it was about that time that he started to sputter. All this time we've been wondering when would it happen. It's going to happen today at Watkins Glen. Yeah, buddy. That's one of many right here. Yeah, baby, yeah! Oh, yes! Thank you, thank you, thank you, yes! Thanks, baby. That's how you do it. Get that second flag, son. Drive right off. Drive. Here's the man. Super proud of you. And look who he's looking at. Burn that son of a gun down, boys. 
So after the race, my dad was spotting in the bus stop, and I was gonna go just absolutely burn it to the ground there in front of him. Oh yeah, baby, yeah! But I ran out of gas right when I got there, so didn't have that opportunity. Well, just kidding, I'm out of gas. I got my man Jimmy Jam coming to push me. That's just a special moment. You know, Jimmy Johnson pushing me to victory lane, which is really, really, really cool. Uh, that's something that I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, his friendship has meant a lot to me and, and very appreciative of what he's done and, and helping me be a better racer and a better person. It's a pretty cool victory lap right there. That's badass, man. At the Dawsonville pool room, they ring the siren when Bill Elliott won, and now they ring the siren when Chase Elliott wins. Last question, got a photo I want you to take a look at. What is it like yeah, to see that? the pool room, that's awesome. Uh, you know, I have a lot of great supporters at home, and, and uh, I was concerned that that siren on top of the pool room was broke. It hadn't gone off in so long, so I hope they burn it up tonight. And if it did burn up, I'd like to have it. That'd be pretty cool. almost gives you chills to watch how it all came together. But as you saw, it almost slipped away for Chase Elliott on the final lap at Watkins Glen. It didn't, of course. So how did he avoid disaster? We've got Parker and Landon at the NBCSNI Racing Simulator to show us what might have been the biggest move of the race. Right, Kellen, and that big move was almost a huge mistake. So Landon, we're here on the backstretch, about to head into the final two corners at Watkins Glen. Coming to the quarter, first quarter where he made that mistake and got dreaded wheel hop, right? And what is wheel hop? Rear wheel lockup. Exactly. It's where the rear it's starts like hopping because the you weight have... off the rear tires. Yeah. Tires are locking up. And what happens is the car wants to spin out. So here we are coming to the final corner, getting on the gas. It's easy to spin the tires there. We're gonna get up to third gear down the front straightaway and head into turn one. We're gonna nail the brake really hard. And what's gonna happen? It's gonna get a little wheel hop like that. Oh, oh! And I'm actually hitting the throttle and I screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's the way I try to save it is by jabbing the gas a little bit to get the rear tires to start rotating. The old school way of saving it used to be when the old time drivers would right foot brake and they could put their left foot on the clutch and hop yeah. out. I want to show that to you. All right, Come on. get in here. Let's go. Whatever. Let's see your way. Yeah. Not my way. It's the old school guys. Way. The right. old timers. Come on. <laughs> All right, Landon, so here we are back on the backstretch, heading to the final two corners, and now you want to explain what the old timers used to do. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people don't realize that the modern-day race car driver brakes with a left foot and gas with the right foot, obviously, as opposed to how you drive in a street car. Well, the old-time drivers with less transmission and using yeah. the clutch had to brake with their right foot, and they would have their left foot on the clutch to save it in case of a wheel hop, like what I'm going to do right here in the turn one. So right. you would brake heavy with the right foot right here. I can feel the wheel hop starting. There it goes. I'm starting oh. to play with the clutch a little bit. And I, I got it done. done. <laughs> and I just saved it. Wow. Went a little bit wide, but lost a lot of time. So that was far smoother than my version. Yeah. Maybe that we should was, just go back the old time way. That was perfectly executed, <laughs> like uh, Boris said might have done exactly. or Max Pappas. Yeah. Uh, so that wasn't the way that Chase Elliott did it, though. So why don't you come to a stop here? I'll get out. I'm going to explain how Chase Elliott did it, where he knocked it into neutral. Oh, that's going to be good. All right, Landon, so we're back here on the backstretch, heading in the final two corners, and now we're going to show what Chase Elliott did to avoid wheel hop, where he knocked it into neutral once he started to get that dreaded wheel hop. Yeah, it's really cool. After the race, he told us exactly what he did, so now I feel like you need to replicate it and do a better job than he did, and uh, maybe not run it off the road. He ran it off the road a little bit yeah. and lost some time. The, the pressure's on here. We're coming down the front stretch up Martin the third gear. Five back. Yeah, he's right behind me. I'm going to nail the brake into the corner here and get a little loose, and now I knocked it into neutral. Very nice. Oh, oh, now you gotta slow it down though, right? Oh no, 
Oh, oh, come on. Not bad, but I think a little bit of a left front hider damage. Just a tick. I think he would have gotten by right there, Martin yeah, Drex. definitely beat you. He's about 15 car lengths up the hill. And so I would have lost the race in that same position. But you know what that shows? How close to disaster Chase was right with that mistake. Right on the edge. When you get that tread wheel hop, it is so close to ending your chance of winning that race. So, Carolyn, that's the thing. I don't think fans always realize is how close on the edge we are to winning or losing these races. No, it's a great example, and if you guys are old-timers, what the heck are the rest of us? Chase Elliott's win, a long time coming, also confirmed a gut feeling that Dale Earnhardt Jr. had about the sport's future. We're going to hear more in our sneak peek of the Dale Jr. download. That's next, right here on NASCAR America. When you're genuinely happy for somebody, you know, I think that's a cool thing, you know, and, and to see my buddies, you know, like Ryan and Bubba and, and so on come to Victory Lane. I remember very vividly going to see Ryan. You know, obviously, you want to beat him, but I mean, heck, I'm happy for the guy and I'm happy for what he, he had done, you know, last year at Pocono. And I was genuinely happy to see him win. And, and I felt like that the expression on his face was the same today with me. And, and uh, that's just a special moment. You know, nobody understands what you do on the racetrack more than the people you race with and your peers. And to have the respect of some of those guys to come and, you know, they all want to go home to their families to come and say, you know, congratulations, shake my hand, you know, pull up next to me on the in lap or whatever. That's really cool. And, uh, you know, to have that respect from some of those guys is, um, you know, something that I think is really special. Chase Elliott is as popular in the garage area as he is with the fans. And on the latest edition of the Dale Jr. Download this week, Jr. thinks that that is a great thing for the sport. In my mind, I'm thinking this ain't going to be lost on the mistake. This is going to, this Chase is going to run out of gas. Mm. And that's how the, the you know, you're, th you're thinking just like Chase. He's in the car going, what was that noise? Yeah. Is this? You know, used to do that. Break. Oh, yeah. When you used you're in, to do that, driver. In those last laps, you're like, is, is it braking? Is it running out of gas? Is this <laughs> happening? What's, what's going to happen? What's it going to be that, 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 that creates a, you know, causes me to lose this race? And it was close. Yeah, he ran, Holy out, crap. Of, he ran out of gas coming by me. Yeah. He was going to stop, I think, and do a burnout in the inner loop in front of his dad. That's what he said in the post-race. Uh, I'm standing there watching, and then he said, I'm, he said, well, I'm out of gas. And Jimmy pushing him, that was kind of – you know, one of those things I think we'll look back on as like a little bit of an iconic moment, no matter what happens yeah. in careers and whatnot. That was definitely uh, something incredible. But that for Chase Elliott to get his first win after all that anticipation we've had in this industry, yep. uh, you know, you could probably speak to it, how, how huge this is for our sport. Me and Jeff Burton were riding in the car on the way to the airport, and I said to Jeff, I said, I don't know whether it's this vantage point that I've had as a broadcaster uh, since – Chicago, but the, there's a there's a feeling. I can't I can't explain it or describe it as anything other than a, something in the air that I don't. It just feels different. So you're saying the whole like this whole season is just feeling different, not just, just even since this Chicago. Weekend. Since Chicago, yeah. Since I've been in the booth, the f I've felt like I'm seeing something different. I felt like I'm experiencing and watching something different than I've seen the first half of the season or even in the last five years. And I said to Jeff, I said, man, is it just the vantage point? Is it just me watching it from the booth and being a broadcaster and being plugged into the race experience differently? He's like, no, it's not. He says, I feel it too. He said, it, something's changed. I don't know what it is. Something feels different. 
And I'm telling you, man, I, at the start of this year in January, I had a hunch, a gut feeling, no reason, no nothing to back it up, but I had a gut feeling that we were about to see the sport turn a corner, that we were about to see a, a, a tra- transition and an evolution in a, a positive one. And and I felt that way in the off season. Yeah. You know, this weekend was great having Chase win, having him win on NBC. Uh, on the That's big day. huge. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, the, the, to we had point. Great, we had great ratings uh, it, it, for the Xfinity race Saturday. Yeah. I feel like the sport's on an upswing. I am excited about its future. And I felt that – I didn't feel that way after yesterday. I felt that way since I, I retired. I felt like – you know, when I was a yeah. driver, I was complaining about everything because drivers complain about everything. <laughs> when, but now seeing the sport from this per- perspective, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited about its future. And in the last several weeks, we've seen some incredible things on the racetrack. The drivers are showing their guts, man, and they are they're grinding it. It's insane. It's been some awesome, awesome, awesome racing, and it's been so fun to be able to see it and watch it. It's been beyond my expectations by far. Let's bring in our guest, Alex Bowman. Let's do it. Come on in, Did man. Did you get the look? No. He just he just dropped his head. What's up, pal? How's it going? What's up, buddy? That's great stuff from Junior. You can catch the full episode of the Dale Junior. It's good, right? Dale Junior download um, right here, Thursday, 530 Eastern, after we wrap up on NASCAR America. We'll show you the whole thing. Uh, Sunday, very emotional for Chase Elliott and his longtime legion of fans. And that legion includes one of the most (laughs) famous fans at Watkins Glen. This is Kenny Hunt, a.k.a. the sunburn guy. I want to be my fan. What do I got to do to uh earn his And if you you watch the race, you saw his support of Chase Elliott. It was burned there, just right smack dab in the middle of his chest. However, on the backside, our boy Dale Jr., slide job and then after the race <laughs> the best part okay kenny is retiring after 18 years which melanoma is real so yeah. i'm proud of him but this is what he tweeted he can't think of a better way to go out than with chase elliott's trip to victory lane and he got to meet chase and bill as they made their way out of the track no on sunday night are, are you kidding me this is like a uh, fairy tale stuff sort of I, coming true the weird part is i just hurt right now so i, <laughs> I, I like kenny i love your dedication man but i'm glad you're retiring from that i think it's so. for everyone in this when we say thank you, yeah. thank you for what yeah. you've done. Great 18 years. Yeah. For, the last, for the last two decades plus, it's time you hang them up. Yep. But I was Move wondering after I, Kenny, yeah, after I saw Kenny uh, give everything, if you had any of your fans burn their bodies for you as they watch you run through the pack. <laughs> I've got a couple of fan tattoos that's uh, similar. Yeah. But really? Permanent, yeah. Oh, permanent yeah. tattoos. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Awesome. That's awesome. Very that's, that's, I'm but just, nothing some like fans that. Have made t-shirts I thought I was saying yeah. I don't have social media. Babies and tattoos are my two favorite that I've had. People naming their children yep. Landon. Yep. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's so. big. That's big time stuff. <laughs> my, um, I thought I heard you uh, studying autographs. This past week, his son is named Parker. Okay. But it's not after me. Oh. So it doesn't Yeah, matter. well, it's not a competition <laughs> either. But oh yeah, here you are. See, look. Oh, hey, look. People I did, do like you. They, yep, sometimes name. they spot me. It's, they're like, hey, you're that guy on TV. You're what are you doing the dad here? Hat all weekend. You I did rock the, the dad, uh, dad yep. hat too. And, so. and well deserved, um, as you guys both Appreciate ran it. through the pack over the weekend. 
We did. That takes us to our yeah. running through was, the pack yeah. segment. <laughs> oh, that was right. Yeah, can, can, can I pick my running yeah. with the pack driver? Yeah. He's, he, uh, um, he's someone that is near and dear to my heart. Parker Kligerman. Oh, just that's my, my favorite. Like a love fest. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. No, how good did he do on Sunday, Great. though? 24th place finish for the Brothers? Appreciate Gaunt it. Brothers? Yeah. So, you know what? Tell I, us about it. Well, I would love, you know, <laughs> if we go into these races thinking that top 25 is basically a win for a small team like ours. Only a handful of starts for this race team in the Cup Series. We're the only open car there, not a chartered car. And we actually went out there and did it and had my top 20 speed chief, at Mark Hillman. Your old crew chief, Mark Hillman, did a great job. And, uh, you know, this was just a very solid run for us. And the way we look at it for these running of the pack segments is cars like that that beat cars that we feel like have more resources, more yeah. funding, that sort of thing. You know the team really excelled, they executed yeah. well, and that's what we did this past weekend. There's a couple of small team resource cars that have good road course drivers yeah. that had the speed, and then they just kind of crumbled apart. You had McDowell, you had Almendinger, and they just had issues. What, and and what? on top of that, you had Casey, Casey Kane. Kane was so all one. three yeah. of those cars were so fast. You look at Michael McDowell. He's a road course ace. Mm -hmm. You think they, they circled this race as one of those races they were going to run up front. He qualified really well. Obviously, AJ Almendinger, we know his road oh, course balance. Yeah. He's won at Watkins Glen. It got away from him. And then Casey Kane was super fast yeah. in qualifying and had an issue early in the race and then was around me a lot of times in the race. So I knew he wasn't doing too well. But Part of riding I, with the pack. We awarded to the so, one that, uh, that gets the finish. It's, and I think, you know, a lot of times we point out cars, obviously, that excel and do well. But I think for this running with the packs. I mean, you know, those cars to us feel like that's a race that got away. You know, this was a weekend that they had the speed. They could excel. They didn't, they could beat some of the bigger teams with more resources because they had a driver that was really adept at road courses. And it, for whatever reason, for all three of them, it just got away from them. It's funny that you, you create your own luck in racing, but Watkins Glen is a track that can bring on brake failures and a lot of mechanical failures and, and a lot of bad luck. And it's mm -hmm. it's tough to survive it an is. entire road course race and you smooth think, with no mistakes. And just for some of those, you know, when you think about Michael McDowell and Almendinger, when they go to a road course, you've got to know the pressure is immense oh, yeah. on those two because that's what they circle at the beginning of the year. Okay, those two races, we, yeah. you know, so no, or now with the Roval, we're going to run well there. We're gonna, we have a chance to win. And then when it gets away, that must be so disheartening. Hey, we're proud of you. Oh, thank you. We are this proud is, of you. This is so lovely. We love this segment. I, I know I'm going I'm to, like, you know, really you relish this because I know you, this I won't go on next week. That's so. enough. Okay. That's enough. I have to <laughs> go to a commercial break. Um, I'm really excited about what we have coming up yes. next. Hall of Fame crew chief Ray Abraham joins us to share his perspective on Chase Elliott's win. He's also going to take us back in time with some of the sports legends in a new show that's coming up right after this. It's called Glory Road. He's going to preview it with us. Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back with Ray. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Two weeks after Blacker's winning debut at Rockingham, we brought it to Atlanta. Jeff was beginning to understand the car's special abilities. I was able to drive into the corner, do a big arc in the corner, pull the steering wheel down, drive in super deep, and just get into the banking and then hold a lower line. And, and I remember racing Earnhardt, racing Labonte that day. And, and you know, it's one of those things where you pass them and, and it's like, watch this, guys. <laughs> you know, just this huge arc and pull down. And you just know that they're watching going. Oh, hell, we're, ne we're never going to win this race. We can't do that. 
So that is a sneak peek of the new show, Glory Road. It premieres next right here on NBCSN. We've got back-to-back -back episodes for you, so don't go anywhere when we wrap up. And we welcome in now our friend and the host of that show, NASCAR Hall of Fame crew chief, Ray Everham. Ray, thanks for being with us. What else can you tell us about the show and the debut episode, that dominance from 1995 to 97? Well, the car that Jeff's talking about is a car we call Blacker. And why it's called Blacker, you have to watch the show. But it's really, it was really a cool car, the first car that we ever built. But it is the winningest car at Hendrick Motorsports. And it, it won several of the races that Jeff Gordon and I and the Rainbow Warriors won together. And whenever we needed to, to get an advantage or gain some points, we'd pull that car out. And the, the truth is, you know, I don't, you, there's no way you could do it in today's world. But that car raced in 1995, 1996, 1997, 1998, and even in 1999. Same chassis. Ray, real quick, I, I love this story, and I think it's so cool, and it's really what we hear all the time and, you know, years gone by in NASCAR. And I can remember even a couple years ago when I was racing ARCA, I had a favorite car, and you mentioned it. Nowadays, we don't do that as much. You know, I just want to know, what was it back then you felt like that made it that you had a favorite car and what we have today where we don't really have that now? Well, I think that then the cars were hand-built, and there wasn't really great systems for measuring and welding them together. And, and when you build a car, sometimes it just gets a spirit in it. You know that. And there were <laughs> just special ones. And now, you know, they're, they're produced. And I've talked to even guys with Indy cars, though, and they'll say, yeah, some cars are just better than others. So that car, for some reason, had a really positive energy about it, and it was, it was just a car you could count on. Kind of, kind of the golden retriever of race cars, you know? <laughs> I, love I, love, I love that. I love that, too. How were you treated? <laughs> at that time by other teams in the garage, right? Everyone, I'm sure, just <laughs> envious, wondering what the spirit was that you guys had that they didn't. Well, it, it got to be that when we showed up with Blacker, it would almost really it got to be a head game with people. It was a motivational deal for us and for Jeff. And we got to got to put the other guys a little bit on notice when Blacker would roll in. So we had a, a cool story, tried to trick a, a couple people and see. But, you know, one thing for sure, you can't fool a driver. So just remember that as you watch the show. <laughs> we won't give too much away because that episode's coming up right after we wrap up on NASCAR America, like we said. But at 630, the second episode looks back on the evolution of road course racing in NASCAR, which of course is perfectly timed after such a huge weekend. Let's take a sneak peek of that one. You know, when I first started in Cup, the teams had road course cars, but I wouldn't say that they worked extremely hard to have really good road course cars. And I think with the format the way it is now, it really pushed these teams to put more effort into their road course programs. And I think the drivers look forward to it more now. I mean, you've got a lot of guys that have road racing backgrounds that really look forward to going to those tracks. And now a driver's skills on a road course are as important as ever because there's one in the playoffs. No, Ray, you spend time with some of the most prominent voices in the sport who continue to have an influence. And I'm just curious, as you took this weekend in and you've seen how NASCAR has evolved with their schedule, et cetera, how you think that road coursing has evolved over time and the thing that has struck you most about that? I think, it, without a doubt, they've become some of our best races in, in NASCAR. And, and I think the fact that people have put more and more time into building better road race cars, like Tony said, and the drivers have gotten so much better. But when I first started, you know, a road course ringer could come in and pick up a, a bunch. And that's the way it started. Is at, you know, you look back at, at Riverside and places like that when, when Dan Gurney and Parnelli Jones and those guys would come in. Nowadays, the, the, the cup guys are as good on the road course as they are anywhere. So, And I think that that may be even attracting a younger crowd for us. If you look at 
at the crowd that was at Watkins Glen, and the average age of that crowd was was a lot lower than maybe some of our other events. So I, I think road course racing is a really positive direction for NASCAR. I love it, Ray. Yes, but I've I got a question for you. You mentioned that they're some of our best races, and I have my own opinions why I think they're some of the best races. Why do you think from a technical aspect that some of our best races are now at road courses? Because it's so difficult. I think that they're more driver-centric. You know, I, I like a, a racetrack that's difficult, a race that's difficult. When you've got to do brakes and shifting and handling and all the things that you've got to do on a road course, not just for the driver, you've got to do all those things right, but it, it really gets the team a lot more involved from a standpoint of uh, being a crew chief. You've got to make sure mechanically that you've got those things right. Think about your, your gears and your brakes and your setup, and you're looking for every advantage. When you go from having an oval at, well, Pocono's got three corners, but most of the other ones that we race have have four. When, when when you, when you add 7, 8, sometimes 11, 12 different turns, to me it makes it really exciting because it, it's challenging for a driver and for the team. All right, Ray, don't go anywhere because we've got so much we want to ask you about. We want to ask you about Chase Elliott's first career win, of course, and also his dad, a man you know so well, Hall of Famer, fellow Hall of Famer, and Bill Elliott getting back behind the wheel of Road America. So a lot to discuss. Back with Ray Abraham in just a few minutes. Stay with us. We're coming back on NASCAR America. Chase is probably having so much fun running up front. And for the first time, Chase Elliott win in the Monster Energy Cup Series. Welcome back to NASCAR America, everybody, as we continue our conversation with Hall of Fame crew chief Ray Evernham, who has known Chase Elliott, my goodness, since he was so young. Ray, what were you thinking about when he finally notched that first career win in the Cup Series on Sunday? Well, like everybody else that, that's been watching so long, it was it was a little bit of relief, a, a lot of emotion because we know how talented he's been for such a such a long time, and I, I really felt uh, a lot of emotion for Bill and for Cindy because understanding what that would be like as a parent and and how many how long the the Elliott family has has been involved in racing with with what Bill's father did for him and now the third generation keeping it going it was uh, really really amazing to see there as we look at Bill you know Bill was on the verge of a, of a few tears there and he, he's a pretty stone-faced guy <laughs> I think only you a man that knows him so well would even be able to see the fact that he was on the verge of tears because it even struck me that he seemed to keep it all together with what must have been just such an incredible moment like you said for the entire family I'm curious Ray to you were so instrumental in Jeff Gordon's development and you saw him from his first career win in the Cup Series all the way to the championships that you've won together. What is your assessment of how difficult it is for a young Cup Series driver or a new Cup Series driver to handle the pressure and the anxiety and the expectations that come with what this comes with? I think it's a lot harder than people think. You know, we, we've seen a lot of guys come up with, with a tremendous amount of talent, but the pressure in the sport now because of all of the eyes that are on it, you know, you, you, our, our television stuff, our sponsor pressure, things like that have been there for a long time. But now you've got the social media and, and different things people in. And then you got to remember, you're, 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 your dad is Bill Elliott, you know, on, on top of that. So as, as people say, when's he going to win? When's he going to win? You start to wonder, can I do this? Can I do it? So when Chase won that race the other day, it was a big, big day and a special day because all those questions are gone out of his mind now. And I spoke to him yesterday and I said, it, it's, it's gone now. now. Now the next ones are going to come a lot easier. And they just always seem that because in his mind and in the team's mind, they've won. They've pushed that behind them. They can do it. Good things are going to happen. 
For sure. Let's talk about your buddy, Bill Elliott. It was announced this past weekend <laughs> that he's going to be racing at Road America in the Xfinity Series. And I have the understanding that he might have been practicing with you in some vintage races in an old Everon car. What's been going on? How's he been getting ready? <laughs> well, we, we, we mess around in the SVRA. We do some vintage racing and whatnot. And Bill's really gotten into it. He, he's brought this old Everham stock car. And I'm telling you, he flies with that thing. He takes those guys to school. So he's won some of those vintage races. And I think he's enjoying himself so much uh, driving. Uh, he's, he's driven a vintage Trans Am car. I think he's going to drive some, some new Trans Am cars. Actually, I don't know if, uh, if he's going to do that or not, but I know he's been invited to. And I think he's enjoying the road racing, and he has not lost a, a step. So I, I think he's going to do really well out there at Road America. <laughs> wow, I can't wait to watch that. This is awesome. Ray, I just want to go back to the – you mentioned you had a conversation with Chase Elliott and said, hey, this is over. This has been lifted off you. And, you know, not to delve into a private conversation, but I am curious what his frame of mind is right now, how relieved he is. Um, what, where, where is he right now, a couple days removed from the biggest win of his entire career thus far? Well, I get the feeling, you know, Chase is a very, very mature young man for, for his age. And, and I, you know, he talked about relief. And, you know, believe it or not, as much as I talk to him, uh, which isn't a lot, but every time I talk to him, he really wasn't getting down on himself. You know, he, he analyzes the things that he's got to do to get better and lets the other cards fall where they may. But I think he's in a really, honestly, a good frame of mind. He said that the Hendrick stuff is just getting better every week, and he's very positive about his teammates. I think he's very appreciative of the fact that he got an opportunity and he's able to accomplish this. But I can tell you, just by just that, that little sound in his voice, he wants to win a lot more of these. And you mentioned Hendrick Motorsports this past weekend was their 250th win. What do you think that means them being a part of so many of their wins? Uh, again, just an unbelievable job. If you look at w what Rick Hendrick has done and what he's built over the years and what he's put into racing and how many people he's given an opportunity to, you know, again, like Chase, but like Jeff Gordon, like Jimmy Johnson, you know, and the the fact that there'll be a Hendrick car in the Hall of Fame now three years in a row and the, the, hall, the people that are already in the Hall of Fame and then the future Hall of Famers that are there, it just tells you what kind of an organization that man has put together. Ray, we appreciate you being with us so much. We cannot wait to watch your new show right after we wrap up here in just a couple minutes. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Get your popcorn. And remember, on my show, you can wear a T-shirt. You don't have to yes, shave. So come visit come awesome. any time. Excuse us. <laughs> Look forward to it. That's all we've been asking our bosses to do. We were it just, jealous. It just takes being Ray Evernam, obviously, to get the comments. Oh, you got to be a Hall of Famer. Got it. Okay, thanks, Ray. We appreciate it. Um, make sure you watch Glory Road coming up in just a couple minutes, like I said. Meantime, back to our poll question of the day. Who will be the next driver to get their first win of the season? Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, Denny Hamlin, somebody else. Go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. You can make your choice, and we're going to have the final results coming up in just a few minutes. So far, Kyle Larson seems like a very popular choice. We'll finalize the poll when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. With four regular season races left, the drive for the playoffs is going full throttle at NASCAR's fastest track, and that happens to be Michigan, the Monster Energy Cup Series, and we're kicking things off on Sunday. 2.30 Eastern right here on NBCSN. So make sure you are with us. And leading up to Sunday, we have a pretty busy week here on NASCAR America. Tomorrow, Wednesday is with Dale Jr. featuring Eric Almirola as our guest for the entire hour. On Thursday, we will be in Detroit as Ford unveils its new Mustang for the 2019 Cup season. So make sure you're with us there. And we'll also get you ready for more road course action as the Xfinity Series heads to mid-Ohio. On Friday, Cup qualifying from Michigan is at 5 p.m. Eastern. That is followed by NASCAR America from the Peacock Pit Box at Michigan. 
So we've got a very, very busy day of action ahead as we move on to Michigan. And um, You said Wednesday wrong. I did? It's Wednesday. Oh, did I say Wednesday? Yeah, I did. I didn't know what that was. Oh, my gosh. I was confused. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, we are going to react to the poll question now. Is that okay with well, you? That's fine. Is yes. it pronounced yeah. poll question? I like this yeah, poll question. Yeah, it is. Okay, okay cool. Um, the question is, what's the next driver to get the first one of the season? And Kyle Larson, whoa, 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 excuse a moi, Brad Kozlowski. Swinging They're neck and neck. Yeah. All right, so what do you guys think here? Because when we went to commercial break, I kid you not, Kyle Larson had the majority of the vote here. So I'll go first here. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski and see if I can sway some of the voters here because I've been harping on the two car for a while now saying they are the fourth fastest car behind the big three. I believe that he and Paul Wolf are amazing at pulling offshoot strategies and gaining track position and stealing track position. And when they do it, Brad does an excellent job of holding on to that track position with a car that maybe isn't the fastest or a top five car as I see. I'm, I'm swaying some of the viewers right now. <laughs> so this is working. Larson I'm just going to keep talking. But I think because of those reasons, if I were to pick one of these drivers, the driver next to win in this group, Brad Kozlowski. Well, I like this poll because we've done a lot where it was who's going to get their first win, right? Yeah. This is a poll of who's the first win of the season, but these are experienced drivers with a lot of wins. And I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. I think he's led the Chevy bunch consistently all season long. We're going to Michigan, a track that he's got a few wins at. And I think he's just got the speed. He's, he's the one on the list that I like there. You know, I see Kurt Busch, those Stuart Haas cars, uh, they've, they've been fast. His teammates have been winning. He could get there, but I'm maybe just more pulling for Kyle Larson. All right, now we have to point something out. I'm feeling a little bad for Denny Hamlin there. I was just with, say, with very why? little of the vote. And you know what? No last, credit, yeah. Well, here, true. last week on this show Thursday, I basically he had a quote where he said that they had the speed in that 11 car, they just were not executing. I didn't buy it, right? But then this past weekend, I saw speed out of the 11 car. Won the yep, pole, ran up front. Qualifying. Yeah, stolen qualifying. I just feel like, all right, maybe I was a little bit off. But, of course, they didn't execute, and they didn't win. So I think, you know, when we, people look at Denny Hamlin, the reason they don't have the faith in him, even if he has the speed right now, is we're looking for that race team to just put all the puzzle pieces together yeah. to find a execution way to get victory lane. sort of been, maybe it's coming off of Watkins Glen where we saw great execution, but that's been the theme for sure of what it takes to win. Uh, yeah. Wait a minute. He's the one that said himself that he hasn't been able to get a win on the eight team because of execution. I know, and, and I said it wasn't that, that, that way. that was not But now true. I'm saying I was wrong. I was <laughs> saying I was wrong. I w- <laughs> okay, okay. And now Brett Kozlowski wins. Uh, Just checking. Got it. Check him every once in a while. Oh, we finalized it. Brakasowski. That is that is very close. So I'm not sure I'm buying it. The vote will continue on NBC.com slash NASCAR. Won this debate. Yeah. I've swayed the general public. The America has chosen. Brakasowski is your next winner. Of this we'll year. see what happens. We'll see what Penske has over this weekend. It is fast approaching. That's going to do it for us today on NASCAR America. Goodbye. Stay tuned <laughs> right here. The premiere of Glory Road featuring Ray Everham is moments away. And judging by what we've seen, that is must-see television. You can also stream it on the app if you're watching us there. And then Wednesdays with Dale Jr. and Eric Almarola. We'll see you there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.